Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 180. It is Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and what is HIPAA certification? This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, it is Tuesday. A tropical storm is bearing down on us. Uh, well, it is what it is, right? We're pretty much locked up anyway. Um, wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, please do so. That would be great. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, please go to Facebook and or LinkedIn and join the group Get HIPAA Compliance. All right, first up, a warning from CISA, the U.S. CISA, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the Federal Bureau of, of Investigation, the FBI, and the Department of Defense have identified a malware variant referred to as TIDOR, and it's spelled T-A-I-D-O-O-R, used by the Chinese government. In addition, U.S. Cyber Command has released the malware sample to the malware aggregation tool and repository virus total. If you're not familiar, virus total is where malware is uploaded and analyzed. Um, sometimes if you don't know what malware you have, you upload it there and analyze, get it analyzed. And so um, we also compare files that are downloaded by clients and we compare it to, to uploads to virus total to see if it is something that we need to be concerned with. Anyway, the system encourages users and administrators to review malware analysis report. MAR-1029-2089-1.v1 U.S. Cyber CyberCommand's virus total page and CISA's Chinese malicious cyber activity page for more information. So it sounds like there is a new malware variant running around that came from China. I mean, why not? Threat post meetup critical flaws allow group takeover and payment theft. So meetup is a social media site, if you're not familiar, is a social media site um, originally designed to create actual people gathering together for different reasons, social gatherings and um, sometimes business gatherings. Um, obviously, that's taken a little bit of a turn in the last six months, but um, you know that's still the primary purpose of it. Well, if you don't know, Black Hat USA is a cybersecurity um, convention that happens every year. This year they're doing it virtually, obviously. Well, they've already discovered a flaw in Meetup. So researchers disclosed critical flaws in a popular Meetup service at Black Hat USA 2020 this week, which could allow takeover of Meetup groups. Popular online social service Meetup has fixed several critical flaws in its website. If exploited, the flaws could have enabled attackers to hijack any meetup group, access the group's members' details, and even redirect member payments, meetup payments, to an attacker-owned PayPal account. Meetup is a service with a user base of over 35 million users used to organize online groups with events for people with similar interests. These events are either for free or participants can register for a fee using PayPal. While events are typically in person, in light of ongoing pandemic, many events have moved to virtual settings, which we talked about. Checkmarks found several more common API security issues 
like lack of resources and rate limiting and excessive data exposure, as well as some serious cross-site scripting and cross-site request forgery vulnerabilities on meetup.com that could put users at risk, said researchers with check marks in research disclosed Monday at Black Hat USA 2020. Researchers disclosed the issues to Meetup, which has since fixed all the vulnerabilities as of July 15th, so that's good. Flaws were not publicly disclosed by researchers until Monday, so there was roughly two weeks in between Meetup being notified and public disclosure. So chances are they were not um, exploited, but there's always that, that potential. There is nothing to do on your end, on end users. This is, you know, Meetup is a website, a social media platform really, so it's already been fixed, but they did have a f they did have a few vulnerabilities that were shared at Black Hat USA. And so that, you know, people hear Black Hat USA and go, oh my God, all these hackers are getting together and they're gonna do all these bad and evil things. That's really not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to find vulnerabilities. For example, they are looking, f actively looking for vulnerabilities in voting machines and things like that for before the election comes, so. Uh, on Bleeping Computer, newsletter plugin bugs let hackers inject backdoors on 300,000 websites. Owners of WordPress sites who use the newsletter plugin are advised to update their installations to block attacks that could use a fixed vulnerability, allowing hackers to inject backdoors, create rogue admins, and potentially take over their websites. The vulnerability was found in the newsletter WordPress plugin that provides the tools needed to create responsive newsletter and email mail marketing campaigns on WordPress blogs using a visual composer. Newsletter has already been downloaded over 12 million times since it was added to the official WordPress plugin repository and is now installed on more than 300,000 sites. In a report published today by WordFence's threat intelligence team, threat analyst Ram Gall says that he discovered two additional security flaws while analyzing a previously patched published by the previous patch published by the plugins developers on July 13th. WordFence spotted a reflected cross-site scripting flaw and a PHP object injection vulnerability that were both fully patched by newsletter's development team on July 17th with the release of version 6.8.3, two days after an initial report sent on July 15th. While the two flaws are rated as medium and high severity issues that could allow attackers to add rogue admins and inject backdoors after successfully exploiting the reflected cross-site scripting issue, on sites running vulnerable versions of the newsletter program. Additionally, the PHP object injection flaw could be used to inject a PHP object that might be processed by code from another plugin or theme and used to execute arbitrary code, upload files, or any number of other tactics that could lead to site takeover. Um, there apparently is still 150,000 websites still exposed to this because they have not updated. And that, you know that's an ongoing thing with WordPress site owners. Some of us are a little more responsible than others and update frequently, while others do not do that. Um, so that leads those sites to be vulnerable because they have plugins that have not been updated and have vulnerabilities that are known to the public at that point. Also on Bleepy Computer, Zello resets all user passwords after data breach, and that's Z-E-L-L-O. If you're not familiar, the Push to Talk app, Zello, has disclosed a data breach that revealed users' email addresses and hash passwords after discovering unauthorized activity on their systems. Zello is a mobile service with 140 million users that allows first responders, hospitality services, transportation, 
and family and friends to communicate via their mobile phones using a push-to-talk app. Zello states that they have discovered unauthorized activity on one of their servers on July 8th. As part of this access, the hacker may have accessed the email addresses and hash passwords of Zello accounts. While Zello does not explicitly state that the database was accessed, this was most likely how the threat actor would access the customer information. According to the notification, Zello worked with Zello for first responders. Customers were not affected by this breach. I'm sorry, Zello work and Zello for first responders. Customers were not affected by this breach. Furthermore, as Zello requires users to log in with their username and password and usernames were not accessed, they do not feel that any accounts were improperly accessed. To be safe, Zello is forcing a mandatory password reset on all Zello accounts the next time they log into the service. As a threat actor gained access to the email addresses and hash passwords of Zello users, they could potentially crack the password to gain access to clear text passwords. The hacker can utilize the list of email addresses and crack passwords and credential stuffing attack where the hackers try to log into other sites that, use, that the users may also have an account. Therefore, all affected users need to change their password at any site that utilizes the same password as their Zello account. Uh, along with that, you can expect there to be some phishing attacks or themed around Zello. So if you have a Zello account, I have never used it, so I'm not familiar with it. But if you have a Zello account, you should be um, weary of any, any emails coming, claiming to come from Zello. FBIC surge in online shopping schemes, FTC says most reports ever. The U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, today warned of an increased number of reports coming from victims of online shopping scams. The public service announcement published on the agency's Internet Crime Complaint Center, IC3, says that scam victims report that they found the scammers' websites either via direct searches on popular website search engines or through social media ads. Victims reported they were led to these websites via ads on social media platforms or while searching for specific items on online search engines shopping pages, the FBI says. Victims purchased items from the websites because prices were consistently lower than those offered by other online retail stores. Now, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I see this. I see the ads all the time. And yes, some of the deals look great. Just don't do it. Just go to Amazon. First of all, even if it's a legit website, you're going to wait forever in some cases for whatever it is you're purchasing. But le but chances are it's not, and you're getting scammed. I wouldn't trust it. If, it, if you're not familiar with the website, you know, if it's not a, um, a well-known e-commerce site or a well-known uh, chain of stores or whatever it is, or somebody you know personally, then, you know, go to Amazon, go to eBay, find what you're looking for on those sites. $420 million lost to online shopping, shopping scams in five years, according to an FTC report from July, detailing shady sellers who never send ordered items. The number of online shopping scam reports have constantly increased every year since 2015. In 2019, people filed more than 86,000 reports about online shopping issues, including reports about orders that never arrived. People have reported losing a total of almost $420 million related to online shopping issues since 2015. Additionally, during May, April and May of 2020, more reports of online shopping issues were received by the FTC than in any other month on record, with half of them saying the shoppers never got what they ordered. Now, part of that is going to be people were home with nothing to do. So last year, Malwarebytes discovered a large online shopping scam using hundreds of fraudulent sites to target sneakerheads, searching for the best possible deal on the latest off-white Nike and 
Adidas sneakers. When shoppers purchased sneakers off these scam sites, they found that they didn't get the sneakers they ordered and in some cases didn't get anything at all. I do remember that report. So so what's the lesson here? The lesson is if you don't, if it's not an e-commerce site that everybody's familiar with, so in the case of sneakers, if it's not Zappos or you know another shoe retailer, um, if you know, or you're going to Amazon, or you're going to eBay, or you're going to um, I don't know Walmart.com, whatever, whatever Target.com, just be weary of it, especially if the deal seems too too good to be true because it, it probably is. So here's some tips on how to spot an online shopping scam site based on information collected from victims' reports. The FBI says that these fraudulent shopping sites have several things in common, including. Disposable face masks shipped from China were received regardless of what was ordered. Payment was made using an online money transfer service. The retail websites provided valid but unassociated U.S. addresses and telephone numbers under a Contact Us link, misleading victims to believe the retailer was located within the U.S. So you can create a website and put whatever information you want on that website. It doesn't make it true. Many of the websites use content copied from legitimate sites. In addition, the same unassociated addresses and telephone numbers were listed for multiple retailers. Um, you know, just just take everything with a with a grain of salt. If you see an ad that says these normally eighty five dollars sneakers are twenty five dollars, just avoid it. Go to Amazon if you're not sure, or eBay. Um, on a follow-up to the Twitter hack, um, I did I did mention yesterday that three suspects were arrested or were charged. I thought that two of them were out of the country, but they're not. So three suspects were charged. 17-year-old Graham Clark from Tampa, Florida, who allegedly is the mastermind behind it. And um, the other two... Cor- let's see. I don't see what the other two... Who the other two were so maybe okay the other three individual indicted today are 19 year old mason shepherd shawan from bognor regis united kingdom okay so i was right on that one and nima fazelli rolex from orlando florida and an unnamed juvenile whose identity is protected by federal court so there have so there's actually four arrests total um three sounds like in the u.s and one in the uk all right, and finally today, what is HIPAA certification? Now, this, I will tell you, comes from a company that provides HIPAA compliance services. That is something that we also do. We are not partnered with this company, but I thought it was relevant to um, share this because I see this a lot. I see businesses saying they are HIPAA certified, and there is no actual HIPAA certification that is backed by HHS. So what is HIPAA certification? Although there is no official HHS mandated HIPAA certification process or accreditation, it would be beneficial if there was a HIPAA compliance certification could demonstrate that a covered entity or business associate understands and complies with HIPAA regulations. Thus, for example, saving covered entities a considerable amount of time conducting due diligence on prospective vendors. Nonetheless, despite there being no requirement for HIPAA certification, some companies claim to be certified as HIPAA compliant. Now, So that's a little different, though. What this means is they've passed a third-party organization's HIPAA compliance program and implemented mechanisms to maintain compliance 
In the absence of a program endorsed by the Department of Health and Human Services, this is the next best thing. So HIPAA certification, some companies will claim that they're HIPAA certified. HIPAA certification would say, I've studied HIPAA, I've taken a test on HIPAA, and I've passed that. There is no such thing, not backed by the HHS. There are companies that offer HIPAA certification, and it's great if you take it, pay for it, take it, learn about it. That's great. It's not required in, in any shape or form. What is required if you do a healthcare in um, certain capacities. So as my business, my company, we deal with um, healthcare providers covered. They would be considered covered entities, and most of them would be covered under HIPAA. So th- that makes us a business associate, and therefore we are HIPAA compliant business. What that means is we've taken the steps, we've we've done the security audit, we, d- we continue to do the security audit every year. We make sure that all of the safeguards are in place and everything we do is HIPAA compliant. Um, even for our non-healthcare, comp- uh, non-healthcare clients, we still practice the same procedures because in a lot of ways, most of our, our, our clients are have some level of compliance to deal with anyway, so in a lot of ways it just makes it easier. Um, and I would say to an extent, our level of security and compliance is higher than that that of requirements of HIPAA. So again, there is no certification, but there, but there are businesses that are HIPAA compliant, such as ours. Department of Health and Human Services does not endorse any type of HIPAA certification because HIPAA compliance is an ongoing process, progress. That's a, that should be process. So um, what that means is you, it's not set it and forget it. You don't just do the once a year security audit. If you do a security audit and you identify things that need to be fixed, you fix them, you do another security audit, and you, and you continually do this. Um, and there's other things that that need to happen as part of your, your HIPAA compliance program as well. The HIPAA training and certification. HIPAA training is great. Listen, if you have an opportunity to take HIPAA training and you need to do it for whatever business you're in, by all means, do it. Just know that it's not going to be recognized by HHS. Um, there are third-party audits confirming HIPAA compliance. We do this for some of our clients. And we partner, not with the company that wrote this article, but with another company to provide those services. Um, it kind of streamlines the process for us, I guess you could say. But you know, it could be as simple as we go into a, a healthcare provider and we see they have a sign-in. I've seen, I'm telling you this because I've seen this and I probably mentioned it on the podcast before, but they have a check, a sign-in sheet at the front desk, your name, your address, who you're here to see, why are you here? Well, that's a violation of HIPAA rules. Um, Not having security glass on your uh, desktop screens that are facing the lobby, the waiting area, that is a violation of HIPAA. You know, those stuff like that, that maybe they don't pick up on having conversations in the waiting area with a patient is a violation of HIPAA. So those are all things that we look for, not just the technology, not just making sure the computers are secure, which is a big part of it. Making sure you have the latest Microsoft patches, making sure you have security software, things like that. Um, That's all part of it. And so that's what we do. And we are a HIPAA compliant business. I don't have any of the third-party HIPAA certifications. That's not to say I couldn't. I just don't because there's really no point in doing it. My HIPAA knowledge is displayed 
when I do the audits, when I work with a company to do, you know, we'll do an initial HIPAA scan to see if there's anything that we can identify quickly. Um, things like that. So hopefully that helps understand a little better. If a business tells you that they're HIPAA certified, they have HIPAA certifications, they don't, or they, they probably do, but they're not recognized by HHS, which is who you need to, because when HHS comes to your door, that's who you're going to answer to. That HIPAA certification means nothing to them. So hopefully that helps some of you guys understand until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, stay secure. And if you are in the path of tropical storm or hurricane Isaiah, stay safe, stay dry. <laughs>